0: Welcome to Market Scales Digital Marketing Professor Series. I'm your host, Sean Heath. With the rapid expansion and growth in every industry on a daily basis, specifically in the technological fields, it seems like acquiring the knowledge necessary to go out into the business world would be a, a, a never-ending chase. It would seem at times that perhaps you're always trying to play catch-up. And in the world of academia, that's a challenge that I believe professors and students face every day, which would normally be a concern. However, the person I have an opportunity to talk with today has a different theory on how today's generation handles that challenge. Today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Professor Ryan Lankin the University of San Francisco. He's an assistant professor of marketing. Professor Langen, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Sean. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's talk about this because it does seem like knowledge is expanding at such an exponential rate driven by technological uh, capabilities that it seems that knowledge that you present a student in their first year in marketing could be completely Obsolete Mm -hmm. by the time they're a junior. Yeah. Is that something that you are consciously? uh, Aware of
1: yeah, that's certainly one of the challenges that uh, You know we in academia face with our students. It's one of the reasons why you want to really establish You know a theoretical foundation or a framework for students to consider even as fast as digital marketing is evolving if they understand kind of the boundary conditions and the theories, and again, and the frameworks that guide some of these principles and practices, that allows them to make informed decisions even as the technology
0: evolves. And this spe- this current generation of students seem to be almost genetically predisposed to handling the flexible nature that's necessary to be successful in this field today.
1: Well, you're exactly right, Sean. This, this is a cohort that is a millennial that's... Uh, You know they're they're digitally savvy they're digital millennials so uh, they're they're well versed at working with technology.
0: I got to figure out what they're eating or what (laughs) vitamins they're getting or something because I feel like I'm always one half step behind where I would like to be on any given
1: day. Yeah, I'm often impressed myself.
0: Now, one thing I'd like to talk about is that uh, a lot of your research interests uh, have centered around branding and. The uh, CSR. I know that you worked on a research project, a collaboration that explores digital marketing in academia. I'd like you to tell me a little bit about that, and how do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about that process right now?
1: Yeah, happy to. Uh, so this is an ongoing research collaboration that uh, we're working on. It's the, it's the first to research or examine the landscape of digital marketing across education. Uh, Toward that end, we looked at uh, the curriculum for all 529 AACSB accredited websites to find out, well, to what extent are business schools offering uh, digital marketing classes to include social media analytics? Uh, Are these courses uh, required? Are they providing any type of uh, particular certification or minor or major uh, so how well are we equipping students so we know that there's a uh, digital marketing skills gap. employers have been telling us this for some time uh, what what is the current offering uh, within uh, e- institutions uh, and we found some pretty interesting results uh, one of the things that really struck me was that uh, a large segment of universities uh, still are not offering any digital marketing courses in fact a full 27% of universities do not offer any digital marketing classes. Uh, that being said, there's, there have been notice, notable improvements in the last five years. More and more marketing degrees are requiring, uh, for those that are offering digital marketing, more and more are, re- are requiring a digital marketing offering. Uh, so that's, that's encouraging. Uh, the other finding that struck me is just the sheer array of different digital marketing classes that are being offered. Uh, we found that across the U.S., there are a total of 229 different types of digital marketing offerings. Uh, And as you might imagine, some of the more common ones that we found were, of course, social media marketing, digital marketing, marketing analytics, internet marketing, e-commerce. But again, a pretty wide variety. Um, And as we looked at this data, we found out that... uh, colleges and universities can go through various stages, ranging from not offering any digital marketing classes to having one or more digital electives to requiring, offering tracks, concentrations, and then what might be considered to be an exemplar, those institutions that not only offer multiple digital marketing classes, they're required and they allow for concentration certifications. Uh, And so what, What we suggest is that universities and colleges really need to take a look at their resources, their desired positioning in the market, uh, and the demands uh, of the market, you know, from the market itself. What are employers looking for? uh, And determine where do they want to be along those uh, various stages. So a university like uh, the University of Houston, which is well known for their sales department, probably doesn't have the desire to move to this you know, exemplar stage where they place a major emphasis on digital marketing. But others may want to consider moving in that direction.
0: We We use the phrase digital marketing, which I always find confusing because the marketing part is a concept and a process. And it seems to me that the digital part should strictly be the manner or the media in which you use to communicate and for universities to not offer a digital component to their marketing curriculum it almost seems to me the same as if an an automotive school only taught you how to work on steam powered engines
1: sure uh, yeah it is concerning although You know, the one limitation to this study is we're looking at dedicated courses uh, specific to digital marketing. It does not speak to or address the extent to which digital marketing is being covered in existing courses, uh, required courses, such as principles of marketing, marketing research, consumer behavior, marketing strategy. How is, and we we know that it is being addressed, we just don't have a great sense, it's kind of an area for future research, to what extent is digital marketing being addressed in existing current offerings? How are they using perhaps digitally focused case studies or articles about digital marketing? Are they using simulations? Do they have as one of their deliverables, for example, uh, you know, something that involves digital marketing? a certification in Google Analytics, perhaps.
0: Now, you mentioned Google Analytics, which, if we're in the digital world, Google's kind of a big name. One of the things that Google is known for is the massive amount of data that it both collects, collates, organizes, and leverages. And it seems as if data management, uh, data understanding, is going to be a driving force in just about every industry moving forward, but I would imagine that's especially true for marketing.
1: It most certainly is. Uh, we know that you know big data has been an ongoing trend for some time. Uh, more recently, we're seeing uh, the intersection between big data, AI, uh, and the use of uh, CRM customer you know customer data to uh, to make informed decisions is a pretty powerful uh, and profound area in, in business. Um, so yeah, I think with respect to Google, they're using it from a search optimization uh, standpoint, but within more specifically within marketing, uh, you know, data is being used for or big data is being used for automated advertising, uh, which allows managers uh, that are running campaigns across SEM display advertising in a wide variety of social media platforms to Uh, to manage that process. Uh, More recently, uh, in the realm of advertising, uh, Subway uh, was able to increase foot traffic in their stores by 31% by targeting ads based on weather patterns, which I found to be rather intriguing. Uh, But yes, uh, big data is being used from a new product development standpoint. It's being used to optimize uh, pricing strategy decisions. uh, And certainly, from a customer acquisition and retention standpoint as well.
0: Subway is using weather to determine how they sell their sandwiches?
1: Uh, They are. I don't know the full details on this, but in fact they are looking at uh, what does the weather pattern look like in any given area. So a real basic idea would be not to be promoting uh, meatball sandwiches or, you know, a hot sandwich, uh, when weather is extremely hot, given area, maybe you want to be promoting, sending, uh, you know, uh, ads or making offers uh, regarding cold salads during those particular times. So, pretty, pretty interesting stuff.
0: Well, I guess the the package, the labeling of what you're trying to present, needs to be flexible. That's a that's a logical approach. I'm curious. Uh, let's okay, let's talk about that for a second because the the way that a package is presented in the tangible world really influences customer behavior it can influence a customer's um, thought patterns as far as the quality they think the product has obviously color psychology plays a huge role in in labeling and marketing in the physical world how does that translate into the digital world is it a one-to-one sort of shift
1: uh, in both instances, you are going to want to really know who your target audience is. This is why we have seen companies using uh, Consumer Insights, developing buyer personas, so they really understand what consumers think, feel, reason, how they make choices between different products, what, as you mentioned, what colors uh, might be, uh, resonate better with them, uh, what, uh, what type of information they need is it uh, more of an impulse buy, where uh, it's you know something that's a little bit more short or concise, or is it something where the consumer needs more in-depth information before they make a decision? Uh, but online, certainly we're seeing a uh, you know a, a fair amount of A/B testing where uh, it isn't so much that a lot of thought is going into the ads; it's really just putting them out there and testing to find out which ads are getting the best response, the highest click-through rate.
0: Is that the most efficient way to do it, just to throw it out there and see what sticks?
1: Uh, Provided the initial formulation of the ad is one that's based on some level of expertise, knowledge, or understanding of your target audience. I would say that that's uh, a pretty effective avenue.
0: Well, the the people who are needed to provide that knowledge and that, that skill, they sort of gain those skills they become digitally savvy and um, analytically proficient through their college training do that that seems to be the end-all be-all in marketing you can't hire really somebody who doesn't have sort of an idea of what they're doing it seems that gaining those skills in an educational environment is probably more important now than ever
1: I certainly would agree with that. And we're seeing universities and colleges responding uh, to this. At our institution, uh, we are training our students you know, in coding languages like Python to enhance their coding skills. Uh, marketing research has always had an emphasis on data collection, analysis, interpretation, but now we're moving much more into, um, you know, with big data, data visualization through either uh, pivot tables or the use of software like Tableau. Uh, It may involve companies, excuse me, universities forming partnerships with with companies. Uh, At the University of San Francisco, we partnered with Salesforce uh, for those students who are interested in uh, perhaps getting certifications in database management or email automation. Uh, So yes, it is uh, quite important and we do see universities adapting to this just not quite as fast as the market would like.
0: Well, as the universities adapt, obviously their departments, uh, let's call them traditional marketing and digital marketing, those seem like they would be natural partners, like they would just work together. One would be the traditional, the marketing concept and all of the historical value and data that comes with that and the digital marketing would be hey here's a new way to take those good solid universal formulas and apply them in a new medium do you find that's the case do do the two fields um, have that natural attraction to each other or is there a bit of a divide
1: no i think there there's very much a role for both traditional and digital advertising to be working uh, in three in union with one another uh, the aim would be to for whatever message a brand is trying to convey for that to be encoded across both traditional and digital and platforms uh, in a way that's well integrated of course the execution uh, the way you encode that is going to be very different for a billboard or a television ad radio ad versus uh, you know ad that you create on YouTube or uh, social media advertising. But again, that message should very much be the same. Uh, what marketers need to determine is what's appropriate for our given target market. How do we reach our target market with the right message at the right time? And that may involve uh, a greater proportion of traditional advertising in some instances, whereas in other cases, uh, it's a move towards digital.
0: Is the smartphone a huge help or a hindrance when it comes to targeting the message to the end user?
1: I'll say it's a challenge uh, for marketers, uh, but uh, so is it a hindrance uh, or an advantage? Uh, I think it's more of an advantage. Uh, If you know where consumers are spending their time, which increasingly that is online, then you know where to be sending your messages to. Uh, The challenge there uh, lies in the fact that marketers now have to find out how they can create uh, unique, relevant, high-quality content uh, on a regular basis, and that's proving to be a challenge for a lot of marketers.
0: There is a certain degree of relationship that a consumer establishes with a company when they grant that company the permission to come into their phone, which is increasingly becoming like an, an extension of our being. Um, that's a really delicate relationship. Uh, is that something that companies should probably be extremely focused on in curating and, and being as delicate as they can?
1: yeah i think it it most certainly should be and and in most cases it is Uh, as long as companies are centered around the notion of how can we create value for consumers uh, then that really should help guide some of the decisions in terms of uh, what messages what kind of information do we want to provide for consumers how often do we want are we inundating them with uh, emails or uh, pop-up ads so Asking yourself, are we creating value for this consumer? Uh, that's, that's certainly something that should guide marketers' decisions.
0: You know, I mentioned earlier that the value of a physical product can, or the perception of the value of a physical product, can be uh, influenced by the packaging, uh, the presentation. And in the digital world, augmented reality and virtual reality seem to be extremely complex wrappers for uh, whatever product or service that's that's part of the transaction do do you anticipate a dramatic increase in the usage of ar and vr moving forward as far as marketing is concerned
1: it will be very interesting to see where those two technologies go augmented reality and uh, virtual reality google glass had their stumbled a little bit in their efforts to uh, work with augmented reality but one can easily imagine uh the marketing implications associated with that Um, you know when that technology does start to come online which i anticipate that it will uh using geo targeting so at any given point no matter where you're at uh sending messages you know that are relevant to uh wherever that consumer is at Uh, same goes for virtual reality i I do expect uh, notable growth in that area Uh, We're seeing some of it already, but it will be, again, interesting to see which brands uh, gain kind of a first mover advantage in this space. Uh, Who are going to be the influencers in virtual reality? Will we see a whole new set of YouTube stars, but in a virtual reality setting? So it's going to be interesting to see where that technology goes.
0: For the last question today, it's a two-part question, and I would like you to regale me with a tale of a marketing approach that just makes you cringe that you just you look at it and you think who greenlit this and on the other side of the coin I would like you to tell me about a marketing approach that you see and you think oh wow they really get it that's really nifty Maybe you don't use the word nifty, but you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> I do. Uh, so looking, you know, there's examples of, of uh, companies that have made missteps in their marketing efforts. Uh, and oftentimes that's the result of them trying to really push down below, push the boundaries in terms of trying to break through that clutter and get people's attention.
0: And you don't have to name specific names. I don't want you to have to call somebody <laughs> out. Yeah.
1: Uh, Boy, I need some time to think about this one, Sean. I was kind of thinking of the the Pepsi ad campaign. You know, that's an example of an organization with Kylie Jenner and Pepsi that really didn't understand their target market and execution was off base uh, there. So uh, any marketing plan that makes me cringe is one where they clearly didn't do the research on the front end. Alternatively, we see uh, some, some really uh, neat and creative campaigns I'm thinking of one by Grubhub recently, which was pretty straightforward. It was just their email campaign using it from their, their CRM, uh, where they were using it from a retention purposes. Uh, and I thought it was quite clever the way that their brand personality came through in their email campaign. So it was for those customers that had stopped using Grubhub for X number of months. And the email uh, came across and talked about, you know, it has a relationship, and that we're sorry you're leaving us, and was our relationship not healthy for you? So, uh, pretty lighthearted, and and nice to see their brand personality coming through.
0: Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to to sort of help me clarify some of the maybe the misconceptions that I had. It's absolutely a pleasure to get to spend some time talking today with Professor Ryan Langan. He is the Assistant Professor of Marketing at the University of San Francisco. Professor Langan, thank you so very much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Sean.